Welcome to the Hot and Bravo podcast. I'm Armin, and I'm joined for the first time ever on the Hot and Bravo podcast over the phone, Shira Weiss. How are you, Shira? Hello. I'm so excited to do this show. I've been, it's, you know, been on my list. Like, I really want to do this, manifest this, make it happen. And then you help me make it happen. Well, here you are on the first month, the inaugural month of Hot and Bravo. And yeah, for our listeners out there, Hot and Bravo is a podcast on the Buttered Pop Network. We spun off all the Bravo content from Buttered Pop into this uh, All Things Bravo podcast. And yeah, Shira, you've been doing recaps with us on uh, Buttered Pop for a year now. Like we've done a lot of different recaps together. Yeah, and I feel like I devoted so much time to Bravo in general, you know, when I was writing for the Huffington Post that like I might as well be doing something with it that's good. And so I'm happy that there's this platform to just discuss Bravo. I mean, I have discovered other channels and Netflix and other platforms too, but Bravo really, you know, we've given a lot of time to it, so it deserves its own podcast. It really does. There is so much in the Bravo-verse. But Shira, before we get into our Vanderpump Rules recap, why don't you tell our listeners who may be hearing you for the first time where they can follow you, uh, where they could read your work, all that kind of stuff. Great. So I write, so you can you can first look at some of my old Huffington Post archives. Um, if you if you plug in the words Shira Hirschman Weiss in Google or Shira Weiss, um, well, some other Shira Weiss has come up, but Shira Weiss Huffington Post, um, I'm the only one and some of my old articles are there. And um, now I write on Shira'sGotTheScoop.com. I wish I was writing as often as I, you know, really like to ideally. Um, but I, I have an article on there where I interviewed Frank Catania from Real Housewives of New Jersey. And I plan to have other interviews. I, I actually interviewed Peter Madrigal from Pump Rules. Um, on Instagram, I'm Shira'sGotTheScoop. But my Instagram is a mishmash of a lot of things. But... <laughs> You know, sometimes I do some funny things. Like this morning, I was actually um, t- discussing Melania's music video from Real Housewives of New Jersey on my Instagram and dissecting uh, Melissa's on display. I don't know why I went back to that one. <laughs> so every once in a while, like I dip into Bravo there too, and I share my articles and, you know, definitely come follow me there. Yeah, everyone, follow Shira at Shira's Got the Scoop on Instagram and uh, read her stuff. Read that Frank Catania article. There's a lot of fun little nuggets in there that you didn't get from the show. So you want to go to Shira's Got the Scoop.com and follow Hot and Bravoed at Hot and Bravoed on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, like our Facebook page uh, and make sure you're subscribed. You can do so on pretty much any platform that you can listen to to podcasts on. Uh, we're on Spotify now, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. So, Shira, let's get into it. Let's talk Vanderpump Rules. Okay, great. So this was just an amazing episode. Um, we started off in the, what was the area that they went to for vacation where, where they went to Vineyard? Solvang. Solvang. I had never heard of that place before. Um, but it was really nice to see how I feel like Stasi has really come into her own and blossomed into a friend for everybody. Like even Sheena was not treated like the odd woman out. And she, you know, I feel like she's been picked on a lot. Like everybody was just kind of nice to each other. No, totally. And you really saw Stasi playing that best friend role 
in the beginning of this episode back to back with Kristen and Lala, but we could start with Kristen because mm-hmm. Kristen is going through a lot of struggles with Carter, which came as a huge surprise, to be honest, because their relationship had always seemed pretty steady. Well, and it's not a surprise at all to me, so oh, I'll tell you why. Okay, remember I can't wait how, to hear that. <laughs> Okay, so remember how Tom Sandoval and Kristen seemed so solid in the first season of the show ever? I mean, there was really... Kristen was not really a major figure. It was like, oh, she's a boyfriend. She's cool. Da, da, da. I think and they were the, going through some major issues, though. Even in the first remember, season. If I, if I remember correctly. No. I, really? I feel like okay. the first season, they were just humdrum. And then the second season, that's when, oh, my God, we discover there were all these issues. So I feel like the same trajectory here with Carter. Now, I posited, a, in a group, I posited a theory that Kristen was like so hung up on Sandoval and they had a dysfunctional relationship, but she never got over that. So she jumped into rebound relationship with James. And then, you know, after that and that fizzled, she jumped into another relationship. I feel like she cannot be alone and she's like a serial monogamist, but that this is the Sandoval spiral. It all started with Sandoval. And I just like I think she never got over Sandoval, but she the way she like dealt with it was by replacing him with someone else. Now other people rejected that theory and just said like, no, she's just like she'll haunt Carter afterwards. Also, like she's right now she's she's getting so mad about James. Like, oh my gosh, James! Like she she really shouldn't be worrying about James. She's not working in these establishments. She doesn't have to worry about her former co-worker and ex-boyfriend like she could really just let it go but she has to have something to harp on and um so that like people just said like oh she's just an obsessive personality and she's gonna she's gonna stalk carter after they break up yeah i think they're right about that because i think this is history repeating itself if you remember during the entirety of her relationship with james Kristen was super hung up on Sandoval, and she could not stop talking about Sandoval. James was getting exhausted by it, and she was obsessed with trying to break Sandoval and Ariana up. That's how we got the Miami Girl episode, which is one of the most iconic episodes. And even after Miami Girl, when Kristen would say she's supposedly over it, she's done, she's going to let them be... You know, every other word out her mouth was Sandoval's name, right? And James would be so tired of it. And now she's in another relationship since James, but she can't stop talking about James. So I think those people are on the right track. I'm not sure the exact diagnosis of it, but clearly uh, Kristen stays hung up on her previous ex-boyfriend. She has seemed to have moved on from Sandoval, though. She has an obsessive personality. Like, I have an obsessive personality in other ways. Like, I'll get, oh, I just get hung up on the stupidest things. Like, really stupid things. Not boys. You know, I mean, I'm married. But, like, uh, like I'll just get hung up on, like, something not being good, whatever. But um, I recognize, you know, we, we recognize in others what we see in ourselves. Like, I definitely think it's like this. She she obsesses until she goes on to the next thing to obsess about. So that's that's what's going on here. But she also, you know, what Stasi's talking to her about is that Stasi sees that things are not good with this relationship with Carter. They've been in a relationship now for a while, and it seems like 
Carter's not pulling his weight. Kristen is always the, I think she was the same way with James. She was possibly the same way with Sandoval. She's always the mommy, the caretaker and doing things. And then, you know, later on at some point you get resentful when like, hello, like you should be getting another job so you can, you can also pay the rents, you know? And I think like, she's just getting frustrated because she takes it all on to her credit. She's very nurturing. So she takes it all on and then, you know, gets resentful, you know, I mean, rightfully so, because he is not, possibly not treating her the right way. Remember one of the first dates that Kristen went on after she broke up with James and they go out on this date and it's actually like a really nice night out. And at the end of it, I think they decide to split the bill or he offers to pay for it. And Kristen's like, wow, that's never happened to me before. Like, I'm always the one who has to pay. And that's really oh, that's sad. So funny. Yeah, what happened to that guy? Are they still dating? No, well, no. yeah, they're definitely not dating. But um, <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. Um, but okay. I don't know why um, Kristen lets these guys take advantage of her. I mean, it's okay for her to pay, you know, for some meals. But I feel like she shouldn't have to pay the rent, you know, get all the dinners. Uh, and I think she she was saying that she also like, walks the dogs? Like, can can Carter pull right. a little bit of weight? Like, can one of these guys pull a little bit of weight? Um, right. It just seems I like mean, she's that's... kind of getting exploited. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, if, like, she were the guy, we may, we wouldn't be looking at it as harshly because that does happen sometimes in relationships. I hate to say it, like, but um, it's just, yeah, I mean, she's definitely resentful of the dynamic and her friends are seeing that she's not happy and you know, and Stassi brings that up to her. Stassi's like, okay, you're going on and on about James. This is not really about James. And then the, Katie says, Katie, who walks in in her sir dress, I was very confused about that. She had no other clothing. Um, <laughs> Katie, you know, she Kristen gives her a hug and says, I love you. And she's like, yeah, you were really horrible last night. And Kristen says, like, this is really, you know, because she brings up James again. And so, <laughs> so, um, so Katie's like, is this really about James, I have a, you mentioned Car, speaking to Carter, and I have this feeling it's about Carter, you know, and people do that, like you focus on once you make something else your stress, or like, even if something's a stress, you focus on the stress that you really could let go in order to not have to focus on the bigger stress. Yeah, I think James is her scapegoat here. But yeah. the real crux of the issue is Carter. I mean, how often does Kristen really see James? Like once every few weeks? And that's right. during filming? Otherwise, I mean, I see that James is traveling all the time just based on his Instagram. So, And I, and I know they don't like each other, so they're not really hanging out. And uh, James isn't really that close with the cast anymore. So when does she really see him? He can't be the cause of all her problems. Um, it's who is in her home, who is uh, not paying her rent, who is... Uh, apparently being kind of verbally abusive like that's i think stassi yeah. and katie are on point here like that is the person who's really distressing her um because honestly like james like djing one gig at pump shouldn't yeah. really matter to kristen yeah but it's like um it's like a uh survival uh inst it's like a defense mechanism that's the word i was looking for um because if you focus on the stress that really is not your main stress, it's easier 
for you. Like, you know, you can channel your real stress into something else. I've done that. And I think that's definitely what she's doing. I also want to quickly touch on Stasi's evolution on this show because yes. she started off in this show. Obviously, she was very young. I think she was like 23 years old. And she clearly had an agenda. And it makes sense. You're going on a reality TV show. They all had goals. I think Tom Schwartz's first line on the show was, I'm a model and an actor. I'm a actor. And you know, all of us here are trying to become, you know, are trying to get in the industry. Um, so they all kind of had their agendas, no doubt. But Stasi even had like an agenda within the group. Like she was constantly playing these games so that she can come out on top and like be the queen bee. And she would eventually called out on it, right? And basically excommunicated from the group. Yeah. Until she had to be humbled. And uh, she had to apologize her way back into the group. I feel like since then we've seen this growth and maturation that's kind of led to this point where she's back to being the, the queen of the group. They had Honcho, but she is like this very like empathetic, compassionate leader. And you yeah, saw absolutely. that in Solvang where she's like, you know, Kristen is leaning on her in that moment. And then uh, Lala is leaning on her. And Stasi is not only there for them, but she has, there is no hidden agenda. There's no manipulation. Like she's not trying to pull from the Lisa Vanderpump handbook of reality TV where it's like constant producing. She's just there listening and at times giving advice. Like I feel I feel like for Lala, she was just there listening, hearing her out because Lala needed someone to vent to. And then for Kristen, she was giving her two cents, obviously saying like, I've been through a relationship like this and you don't deserve this. You don't deserve a right. man who mistreats you like this. Um, but also, again, there was no real agenda there other than I want my friend to be happy. So I just wanted to quickly point that out because I just yeah. feel like this is... It's not like a totally different Stassi. I don't think she's tried to rebrand herself. I just think this is like a natural growth. I also think, you know, it helps that she's in a relationship with someone who's very down to earth and actually a nice, decent, good human being. And so that, you know, she, like Patrick was such an asshole. Like she is with somebody now who, you know, I don't know him personally, but he just strikes me as like a really nice down to earth guy who like if I were, you know, if I ran into him. I don't live in LA, but if I ran into him in like that area, like I could just have a norm, be like, oh, I recognize you from Vanderpump Rules, and like have a nice, normal, down to earth conversation. He's like, uh, he seems like a hum. I hope I'm not wrong, like a humble, good guy. And I also think that Stassi would be this mean girl that we first met had she not been on this show. This show completely humbled her because of all the scrutiny that she faced when she was called out over statements on her podcast when she was, you know, called out for certain, for certain things that she said on TV, she, you know, and like she lost all her advertisers at one point on her podcast for things that she said, you know, my whole problem with like the way they're all not getting along with Billy Lee is that I just wish, like I first was like team everyone. I mean, we, we didn't see Billy Lee this, this episode. I'm just mentioning this briefly. I just feel like had they all said like, you know what, Billy, we understand why you would feel that way, but that's not the case here. If they had said it a little nicer, they, I would have, it would have been like more appreciated by me. Like Katie could have said, you know what, I understand that feeling like, you know, because you were excluded before and, you know, but I think the unspoken thing 
I, I feel like, you know, that I'm still hard on them and still haven't completely, well, Katie has a long way to go, but I feel like with Stasi's evolution, she could have also been like, you know, we recognize why you would feel that way. Um, I think there's a ways to, there's still a way to go for her. Well, she could have approached it like Ariana. Yeah, exactly. Who like did Ariana hear did. Billy out, didn't totally agree with her, but right. Ariana was uh, willing to listen and understand why, you know, Billy would feel upset about how um, she perceived the situation to be like them excluding her. And like she kept saying, like, you are not coming at this from a trans experience. And that goes to show, yeah, you're right. I mean, Stassi is still imperfect. She still has a lot of growth to do, but she has come a long way. Um, But yeah, I think there is still an element of clickiness uh, amongst the group other than Ariana, right? But she's always been independent. She has never relied on the click, but I think... Katie and Stassi and Kristen in particular, they they rely heavily on each other, and there's a strong alliance there that's nearly unbreakable. Um, yeah. Whereas Ariana has no problem calling anyone out or disagreeing um, with her close friends. Um, but I think like yeah. Ariana is like maybe farther along on that maturation process. She always has. Ariana is probably genuinely the nicest of all of them. The one who like. I mean, just even And it's funny because social- she's the snarkiest. She's the snarkiest, but she's, I feel like she has the best heart. I mean, she's Agreed. connected with, like, one of my friends um, actually <laughs> wrote something to her once. And, um, like, I don't know, in a DM about, like, I don't know, she just felt like, you know, they were being tone deaf about something, like the other, well, the other ones. And Ariana, like, wrote back to her and had a whole conversation with her. And I feel like, just what from what I know about her and she promotes like certain podcasts that she listens to like I just feel like she's just more um I don't know like more um aware uh, and sensitive to other people and you know and Stasi's getting there she's gotten a lot better let's talk about Tom Tom so Tom and Tom throughout this episode were feeling a bit unappreciated by Lisa, wondering what exactly they were going to contribute to TomTom if they didn't get a single cocktail on the menu because uh, Lisa was kind of hinting that that could be the case uh, because they wanted to bring in a mixology expert who was going to evaluate a bunch of different things about their cocktail proposals. Uh, the right. mar- the marketability, the allure of it, right? Like whether it was sell, also the economic viability of it, each drink that it's not too expensive. They don't each cost like thirty bucks to make, and the ease in which the staff could recreate the complexity of the cocktail, right? So yeah. that's kind of leading up to this dramatic moment um, where where the mixologist was going to tell them her verdict, and obviously in the lead up, Sandoval is threatening. Uh, to back out the deal, which adds like some more intrigue to it. He's saying, you know, if if we don't have a single cocktail on this menu, then we'll, like we're just not going to be a part of this, and we're going to pull out, which would have that would have been intense. However, it was all a red herring, of course. And right. the expert, well, there was no loved... way to know that. <laughs> yeah, but the expert loved the drinks, and uh, yeah, I guess Schwartz got his Rudy moment, as he said. <laughs> Yeah, that was so funny. Yes, I saw that that movie years ago, but like that sport uh, football player. Yep. I saw it so long ago. 
that was like about, you know, this guy. And at the end, they're cheering, Rudy, Rudy. And I loved how Schwartz referenced that because I was like thinking, okay, I saw that movie, but like, I'm sure that many of the young people watching have no idea what he's talking about. Um, it's a classic, loved, though. Yeah, it is a classic. And I, I really did love how um, it was just very funny how like they were so worst case scenario. Like they thought this mixologist was going to like rule out everything. But I also understand that because. It's been very annoying that, like, they really want to take control of things. And Lisa's like, well, I'm putting Pandora in charge. Lisa doesn't completely, I mean, they are novices and they do have to kind of step back and say, like, Lisa knows better than I do. Um, And, you know, now Tom Tom is doing really well. So Lisa wasn't wrong. But I do understand the frustrations of, like, well, this concept of ours is going to be, you know, you know, lost in this concept of ours. And so they went, you know, they've been kind of burnt with like Lisa saying like, okay, we're not, you know, having a meeting now, or you're not showing, we're not opening today. Like they've been thrown a lot of curveballs, So they expected the worst with a mixologist. It was actually very cool and liked all their drinks and then made a suggestion to add vermouth to something. And by the way, I've never had any of these drinks and I don't drink that much. So I am really curious what they all taste like. Um, well, one day but, you have yeah. to go to Tom Tom and try them. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm a lightweight and like literally only able to like drink one drink at a time. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just hilarious. Like they they had this whole doomsday approach the whole time, and then she really liked all the drinks. And I think ultimately they will find this experience rewarding. Look, Lisa has opened. I think she's she's said like over thirty restaurants, right? Right. Something like that. She has a lot more experience and she even knows that you don't know everything and you're not the smartest person in the room at all times. And um, that was her whole approach to bringing in this mixologist. It's like, yeah, you guys are great at making drinks, but there's a bunch of different factors that go into making it a good cocktail menu drink for our business. And that exactly. that's when you bring in the factors like... I mentioned economic viability and and the uh, the ease in which you would recreate the drinks, all those exactly. kind of different factors. They don't necessarily know that, but they are learning. And I feel like she has kind of brought them along the ride. They have like good contacts now because they know a Nicolaine who is yeah. this brilliant, you know, interior designer uh, for restaurants. And you can't do this all on your own the first time, or at least do it as well as they have. I know the show depicts it as if she isn't, and like a lot of it, I feel like is just done for humor. Like that's that's the editing part, and obviously Lisa says some like snarky things and like kind of depicts them as like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. But yeah. I'm sure the boring parts that we don't see are like Lisa saying, "All right, this is the kind of person you need to know," and like this is what you need. These are the kind of permits you need to get with the city. But nobody wants to watch that on reality TV. You know, unless yeah, it's like, like on HGTV or something like it's specifically a like, OK, this is what we do. This is like a from ground up. This is how you build a restaurant like that's not what this show is about. So they're not going to show us those nitty gritty details. But I have a feeling Lisa has been keeping them involved a little bit in, in terms of what's happening. They don't have a say, obviously. Let's finish on Lala and Randall because yeah, they're so interesting. Yeah, this was the big draw dropper of the episode. Lala and Randall take a break. And it's apparently because Lala comes home from Solvang to find Randall blacked out, totally drunk. I think she described it as so drunk that he didn't even know his own name. Right. 
And Randall and said he, like, that, partied with his boys and right. whatever the night before. And like yeah. Ra- Randall was saying that he drank so much because uh, Lala was pushing away from him and adding a lot of stress to his life or whatever. So, you know, he just had to drink, even though they both had a pact that they weren't going to drink anymore because apparently they're pretty rowdy drunks. So they decide to take a break. And there's even this whole little tidbit about how uh, Randall was going to take away her Gucci slides in the meantime. Yeah, because he wants, like, I guess I was to say, like, I don't want you to leave. So I got your shoes. So you're coming back. I, I didn't even know what to make of that. Like, oh, I got, like, I feel like that is such bullshit. I got drunk because, like, I'm stressed from you. From you. Like, that's just, I mean, that's a little, that's kind of an asshole move in a relationship, in my opinion. You know, like, I mean, not to equate it to my husband at all, but, like, he does sometimes say it. Like, I was like, when did you get so, so many gray hairs? And he's like. These gray hairs are because of you. And I'm like, they are not because of me. They're, your mother went gray early. Your father went gray early. Like in my family, you know, knock on wood, knock, knock, knock. We go gray later. I don't have gray hairs. Um, but like my husband, like almost totally gray. And he goes, it's because of me. So my point, like I think it's an asshole move. Like, oh, I got drunk because of you. Oh, I'm drinking because of you. Blah, blah, blah. I've heard people say that before. It's not, I mean, he has free will. Um, I don't know what to make of him, except that they look like they have a good relationship now, but I think she's right in, in taking this break. It's probably like a break of two days or something. We'll see in the next episode. It's kind <laughs> of, I don't ju- know what to make of him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we don't really see him, but I think it's so jarring, um, to go from him being non-existent, essentially, we yeah. don't even know his name. I mean, if you sleuth online, you know his name. But you don't get to hear his name on the show, never seen on the show. And now, suddenly, you know, he's a part of Lala's narrative in a major way. And he always kind of was because there was the NDA controversy and all the talk about private jets. So he was always there lurking. But right. to now hear his name and hear about Lala going on a break with Randall and like that's her you know major that's the that's like the most significant part of her narrative this season that it's just kind of jarring don't you think as a viewer yeah I mean the whole thing is is jarring just from the beginning of their relationship I mean was he separated when they got together or was he fully married and it was an affair there's also um if you go online I did a deep dive I don't know why um he was involved there's Apparently, I mean, there are pictures with him and Lindsay Lohan, and people say that he was involved with Lindsay Lohan while he was married to Amber Childs, that same same woman. Um, so he had a Lala before uh, Lala, who was who was Lindsay Lohan. Um, so um, I don't know what to make of the guy. I'm like, I'm not shaming. Look, you know, things happen. Relationships don't always work out. Not everybody's monogamous. I just don't. Like, she was not truthful when we first started hearing about him. She's changed a lot. She's very candid now and very open. And, um, you know, like, everything is weird about that relationship because I just, like, wonder, you know, I wonder, like, what place he was at with his ex-wife when they started. And we still don't know that. It's all very mysterious. And Lala protected her privacy for, for a long time. And now she's just being open about what's going on in her relationship. Yeah, I feel like you can't be on reality TV uh, for a long period of time and, and not reveal a bit about yourself. Like, she right. co- she couldn't keep that up. Um, 
And the excuse was that he was going through the divorce, so he had to keep some privacy himself. And yeah, look, we, we, we are hearing more true. about it. If, uh, well, I don't, I don't want anyone adding Lala and adding, um, you know, when you do the at on Twitter and adding Randall. But I would like to know if our fans know if they were if um, Amber. Amber Childs and um, Randall were separated when Lala started dating him. I'm just curious. Um, I don't know. Just I, I'm not judging her either way. I'm really like the least judgmental person. I just think you know we look we we like to analyze like the timelines, and I'm curious about that little fact after the fact. Um, and you know we know that eventually. I mean, spoiler alert: they're engaged now. So very much together so i think the break was all of like two episodes maybe um but we'll see how it goes maybe she just really needed her gucci slide so she went back very quickly well as she said she can always get what she wants uh, <laughs> if yeah, she needs that to comment. Oh my God. <laughs> right i could just i can date anyone any i could like suck any dick and and get on a on a pj you know um bjs for pjs um that's how it works yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Shira, there's a segment Eddie likes to do on the podcast yes. called Pump or Dump. And uh, that is where uh, we each pick a uh, cast member to either pump, like we're pumped up about, or, you know, we're just pumping them up. Hmm. Uh, or, um, and we pick another person who we dump. They're the kind of the losers of this episode. So it's kind of like a winner-loser segment, similar to what we would do uh, on other podcasts uh, uh, when we do uh, Rose and Thorn or Star right. and Spur like we do for Dallas. Um, okay. So I-, I was actually thinking for a little bit. I was like, huh, I don't, I'm not sure who to dump, but now I know. So, yeah, um, who who is the pump and who is the dump? Okay, so I'm going to pump Schwartz and Bo because – um schwartz with a rudy comment and he was just he had such such great com. he's so smart i think and he has really great commentary in his um testimonials and i feel like he really does not take this show seriously like he's just he's like i'm on a silly reality show and i'm gonna just you know he talks about his life but like he just makes funny comments so i would give him a pump and i think Bo just for being so down to earth. I like the whole. You look like a blonde, uh, a blonde Ray Charles when he came into the room and Stassi was in, was hungover in her sunglasses. Um, so I think he's like a breath of fresh air boyfriend. So I'm pumping him up. My dump is Katie, just because she's just. Ugh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not episode specific, but I just feel like she is not a nice. She's not being very nice this season. I mean, she she did support Kristen, and she was, like, sweet to her. But overall, I just think she's been a little crummy this season. So I can't help it. It's not episode-specific, but I'm not loving Katie. I'm going to pump Stassi up for being best friend goals. And I'm going to dump Carter and Randall for um, being the opposite of what you'd want your boyfriend to be. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and this is the oh, second week in a row we've something. dumped uh, Carter because he's just been apparently a bad boyfriend to Kristen, and then Randall for his Gucci slides stunt. Oh, that's right. I want to add something that we didn't mention. 
Um, so I'll just add it really quickly. Lisa talked to James about, you know, James like, oh, can I get my job back? You know, I've been so good. Da, 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 da. Okay, so if you've listened to Buttered Pop, you know that sometimes when I've been on, I've referenced my middle child who is now almost 13. Um, and he's a character and he's funny. Um, but now he's really going through a teenage phase. So I punished him the other day because he was acting out and I took away his iPad and his iPod. And the whole night he was, and he, I, you know, I hid them. He didn't know where they were. The whole night he's coming over and like, give back my iPod. <laughs> um, I said, that's not how you're going to get it back. So the whole thing with James reminded me like, and then, and then he's like, mom, I've been so good for tonight. I, can I have my iPod back? I'm like, um, we need to see you being good for a week before I give it back. So the whole thing with James, I was like, when I was watching that and he was like, come on, I need my job back. No one else is upset with me. That totally reminded me of what went on with my son this week. I'm like, no, you can't get your job back that quickly. You got to earn your job back. See, Lisa and really is a mother figure to, to James. I think I'm going to have Lisa come to my house and just like play super nanny for a week because I was at my wit's end with my, I mean, I'm happy that I hit it. No one knew my hiding spot because the next time he acts out, I'm doing the same thing because it actually worked. He's gotten a little nicer. And when I saw that scene with James and Lisa, I was like, oh, my God, I just went through that. You had some deja vu. Yeah. So, I, like, I know it's a very weird thing to relate to a personal scenario. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, dump James also in this episode because that was a childish. It's just being childish. That's not how you get your job back. So, Shira, before we sign off, remind the listeners where they could follow you and where they can uh, read your stuff. Okay, so you can follow me on um, Instagram at Shira's Got the Scoop and my website, Shira's Got the Scoop.com. And I'm around. And listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we hope you join us next week.